This morning, um, I am going to talk about fathers and family uh, with just the next passage uh, in the book of Matthew. Uh, God has intended for us to go through this this morning, and I will. Um, And this brings us uh, to our passage this morning. Uh, As my son Caleb mocked me in the video, if you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd love to read to you. From God's Word, uh, starting at verse 34. Uh, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I've come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. God, we ask that you would bless our time in your word, uh, that we would see it. Uh, as authoritative, that we would not fight against it in our heart, but in submission and wonderful love for you, that we would allow you and want you to rearrange our life. God, thank you for each one here today. Ask your blessing on your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. It's good to see you. The Garnesses are here today, all the way from Virginia or San Diego or wherever you live. I know those aren't close, but when you're in the military, everything's close, right? Right on. Good to have you. It's great to be a dad, and then we go into a passage like this. And Jesus is speaking. And Jesus is speaking. He's uh, sharing his picture of what it means to follow after him. To be his disciple, to be the one that he looks to, to carry out his kingdom plan. And as he has shared already that it's going to be hard, there's going to be rejection, there's going to be persecution. uh, Now he goes and explains, maybe to their confusion, really conclusion of why he came. And when you think about Jesus coming, he's not talking about coming in a sense of uh, coming to this town or that town or spending time with you here, but coming to this earth, that he would come. Why did Jesus come? And he starts to unpack that for them and really move their ideas from different places to different places that they might know his purpose, his goal. And really, there's three goals this morning. They're really one, but I, I break them up in three just because you've got to have three points as a preacher. Uh, the first one is a sword, the goal of the sword. In verse 34, he says, Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. You look at that and you say, this, this shocks us. If, if, if we read this clearly, Jesus is speaking and he says, I did not come to bring peace. We read that and we go, Jesus didn't come to bring peace? 
you know, we, we got the picture of him in the white robe with the hippie hair, you know, talking softly and everyone, you know, birds are, are flying and landing on his shoulder and, you know, there's lambs just sitting at his feet. We got all these great pictures and the children are quiet before him. They're not quiet at Bear Valley Church, but they're quiet before him. And, uh, and, and we get this picture that Jesus is this peaceful, everything's fine, everything's great. You know, ah, oh, rainbows and unicorns. Everything's perfect. And Jesus rolls in as the new king with his kingdom. And he says, I, I want to tell you what I bring. I want to tell you why I came. And the first thing I want to tell you why I didn't come. I did not come for peace. I did not come for peace. I I did not come for the absence of strife. In fact, Jesus, and and I want you to hear this clearly. I don't think he is saying, I, I came to be aggravating because I think it's funny. Some of us have kids like that, right? We, they, they, they love to be irritating. They love to be irritating. They think that that's their spiritual gift. They think that's why they were created. They're agitators. Jesus is not saying that I come because I love to agitate. I love to stir things up without purpose. What he is saying is I, I had, that is not my priority is keeping the peace. I think it's important for us to fix this in our mind because of where we're going in this passage to say Jesus top priority is not to keep the peace. When you keep the peace, sometimes you do it uh, in such a way that it ruins the situation. We Can't we all just get along? Life is a mess, but let, let's just act like nothing's wrong. Let's just act like nothing's wrong. Peace being the the thing that's most important. Jesus said this. And I'll say Jesus said because this is his section. All of the word of God is authoritative and some of us struggle with that. But these are Jesus' words as he looks at his disciples and apostles and he says to them, I'm sending you out. I'm sending you out into the world to set up. This is my kingdom program. You're going. It's, you're you're going to be my ones to go and set this up. And Jesus says, I didn't come for peace. I didn't come for peace. In fact, he said this, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword a sword. He says, I know conflict will come. As Jesus came down to earth, it was the beginning of a war that had been brewing forever. And Jesus said, I did not come to pat everyone on the back and say, everything's okay. We're just going to remain in peace here, a cold war, but uh, a relative peace. He says, no, I came to bring a sword the sword, uh, uh, you know, the picture of, of conflict. If you can think of it this way, he says, I came to upset the apple cart. I came to change that which is wrong. And, I, and in Jesus being God, uh, understanding the plan of the Father, he knew that the reception would not be, oh yeah, it's a great idea. Hey, I'm in. 
He knew what it would mean for cities and towns. He knew that it would what it would mean for his people and those who are outside his people. He knew what it would mean for families that Jesus would come in and say, I am the king. He knew that that would be different and that would bring conflict with it. Jesus was not one that would just leave well enough alone. He wouldn't leave just well enough alone. It it wasn't the idea, well, I'm not going to say anything. So his goal was a sword. A second goal he has was a worthy pursuit or a worthy pursuers. Verse 35, For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And I couldn't think of anything better to, like it just kept popping up in my mind, family feud. This is what's set up here. Jesus knew it was coming. He knew it was coming and and he knew that his interjection into a sinful world would do this. When you look at family relationships, um, they're great. They're great. Even when they're bad, they're great, right? It's interesting that uh, a family uh, will fight and be unkind to each other and say harsh words. And then you go out in the world and somebody says something about your family member, it, it, it brings the, the ugliness up inside. You, you, don't, you can't say that about my dad. You can't say that about my mom. You can't say that about my brother or my sister. You, you can't. I, I'm willing to fight for them. I'm willing to fight with them, but I'm also willing to fight for them. That's the picture, isn't it? That there's a family relationship. And Jesus says something so stunning. When he says, I came, I came to set a man against his father. Wow, that's heavy. You say, why would Jesus, you know, at the church here, you talk about rescuing families. The, 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 the family design is God's design and he set it up. Why would Jesus say that he came to set a father and a son against one another? I think what we have to put into place here is that as Jesus came to the earth and as he was sharing with these disciples, he was not calling them to be good in the way they were living, in the setup that they were in. He was saying, abandon the the method that you've been doing thus far. Abandon it. This is something new. My kingdom is something new. It is something different. And you have to abandon the way you were raised. You have to abandon the way you've done things forever. He was calling these disciples to something different. And this is really hard. This is really hard. And maybe uh, it's so hard that you're unwilling to do it, even if your parents have passed away. You come to a a particular thing in life and you say, I have a decision to make about finances, about job, about uh, the way to replace your water heater. I don't know. And you come to that situation and 
it's like your dad is looking over your shoulder. And, and, and you think to yourself, well, how would dad do this? And you say, well, if this is the way dad would do this, this is the way I'm going to do this. And this is the way my kids are going to do this. And this is the way my grandkids are going to do this. Because this is the way I was raised. Jesus points to that kind of relationship and he says, it stops here. It stops here. I'm inserting myself into your family lineage. I am breaking that chain by inserting myself as your new king, the one that you look to. And so he shares with his disciples that this could well happen. That he would set a man against his father. If you follow after Christ many times, you have to abandon the ways of your father. A daughter against her mother. What a tender relationship. But to follow after Christ, it may mean abandoning your mother. A daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The, the sweet, tender relationship that, that you've been brought into a family, a new family. He says, even in that, there might be an abandoning of that relationship. The natural and important relationships Jesus inserts himself to and says, I'm willing to separate. He says, enemies of his own household. That's not the picture that we picture in our mind is that your household is your one place of safety. And he says, if you follow after Jesus, it may not be true. The enemies may be the ones you walk in the door and you meet with that live in the next room or sleep in the next bed. These may be the enemies that you follow. And Jesus uh, reiterates this by saying this. In verse 37, Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. As we think of that, he speaks of this love, this warmest affection, this, this connection to, this loyalty. This, that's the one that's special. If you think about it, um, I think most of us as parents, uh, we want to... We want to be an example to our children and to cheer for everybody. When we go to awards assembly, uh, we cheer for everybody like this. Is this almost over yet? When are we going to get to the important ones? My daughter's class. You know, when, when, when is this going to happen? And then they finally share, and they always tell you only, you know, wait for the applause at the end. And then, and then your daughter's like, and you're like, yeah and you're looking around going why isn't everyone cheering my daughter's up there i always ask her about you know did she get the the prettiest sweetest award when uh, dad they don't have one for that well if they did you would get it we we have this idea that that's this that that's the special relationship that's the most important one she's the most important one and as Jesus shares this, he says, even, even your sweet daughter, even the, your mom and dad who have sacrificed anything and everything for you, 
if there's a greater love and affection for them than me, he says, you're not worthy. You're not worthy. Not fit to be my disciple. Well, it's Father's Day. It's great to be a dad. Great to be a dad. But our loyalty should be first and foremost, not to our children, not to our children, but to Jesus. You hear that? Our loyalty should be first and foremost to Jesus. They should be in the distance second category. And you say, well, yeah, of course, God's first relationship with him, you know, and then family second. And yeah. But it's got to play out that way. It's got to play out that way. And you say, well, what do you mean? Um, do your kids know, do your kids know that your loyalty is not to them? Your kids know do your kids know when they say, hey, I want to go do this. This is what I think is important. I want to watch this movie. I want to go with these friends. I want to go do this. I think it's important to be involved in this sport or that sport. I want to do this. I want to go here. I want to not do this. I'm tired of that. And and do they know in their callings and their manipulations of you, do they know clearly that you belong to Jesus? Do they know that? It's not that you don't love them. In fact, they should know both. That that my daddy'd do anything for me, and yet somehow I'm a distant second to Jesus. He loves me more than I, I can see it. He he does everything for me. But do, do they know that they fall behind Jesus? This is what Jesus is sharing with his disciples. This is the message of the kingdom that he is not second place. I look at this and um, I wonder how much of our parenting would be clarified if we would if we would get this one thing straight, that we were loyal to Jesus, that we thought of him in any and every situation. Kids, when they get older, um, they're pretty good at manipulating when they're young. If you want to see some, it happens on that side of the church over in the corner there. Uh, Pick up and drop off and uh, snack time and stuff like that. There's some serious manipulation going on over there. But as they grow, they get more savvy. They get more savvy. And what kids do is they just work their parents. Not my kids, of course, but they... uh, um, they just they work and they, they're looking for buttons to push so that they can get their way. And as a parent, you're 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 worried, especially in those teen years. Am, am I going to lose? You know, are they not going to like me anymore? Or, or am I going to lose this relationship? I don't want to be the bad guy. I, and so you struggle. And 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 what we do, what we do is we forget that we belong to Jesus. We belong to Jesus. And if my son or daughter is willing to turn his back on Jesus, her back on Jesus, then then we have a problem. We have a problem in our household. Because I belong to Jesus. Do our kids know this? Because Jesus says, this is what it is to follow after me. 
It is more important than family relationships. You know, I, I look at this and it's kind of one of those things as, as Jesus spoke these words. I think the last part gets me more than any. In verse uh, 37, And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. You love your son or your daughter? Oh, yes. But more than Jesus? No. No. Jesus is meant to be, for fathers and mothers, more important than our kids, our babies, our our, our elementary age kids that are our world, our, our teenagers that we've invested so much in, our adult children that are out and we're so proud of. But Jesus is meant to be first. We have a great goal. We have a worthy pursuit. And then lastly, we have a goal of following Christ. And in verse 38 it says, And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. He describes something that they would have been very familiar with. They, many people died on a cross in biblical times. It was one of their methods of uh, of execution. And what would happen would be, as it happened to Jesus, is that they would carry, they would be made to carry their cross to the place where they are to be executed. This is the picture. And Jesus says, this is what you're to do. If you're to follow me, Carry your cross to the place of execution. And you say, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, Jesus, I was fine following you. You did those great miracles. Those were awesome. You know, you provided food. You healed people. You cast out demons. I, I was all in on those things. But now you're telling me, and the disciples had seen those things as well. And now they were getting ready to go out. And he says, strap on your cross and head to the execution. And, and he said, you know what? Um, I, I don't do reckless things. I, I don't head towards ed- execution. I run away. I run away. That's the way I decide what's good and what's bad in my life is how much pain it will cause me. But Jesus says the complete opposite. He says, as you look out on the horizon... The steps you take will be the cross on your back heading towards the point of losing your life. As they they heard this, they said, oh, we're walking towards loss with a cross on our back. In verse 39, he explains it as he flips things on its head and he says, Whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. As he looks at verse, as he shares verse 39, what he is saying is this. I will make sure you're not a loser in the end. It's up to me. It's up to me. And if you seek to grab hold of life, you will lose it. You will lose it. 
If you seek to gain hold of life for yourself on your own terms, you will lose it. But if you're willing to lose it for my sake in following after me, you'll find it. Three summary points today uh, to tie up this Father's Day message. I realize it's pretty heavy. I just want to say it this way. It's great to be a father, but it's better to be a follower of Jesus. It's great to be a father, but it's better to be a follower of Jesus. Better than family. Better than family. The second thing I'd like to share with you is this. Our ultimate and first priority always needs to be Jesus. It always needs to be Jesus. And we need to talk about it with the Lord. We need to share it with Him. We need to share it with others. We need to talk about it with our kids. Our ultimate and first priority is always Jesus. The last thing I want to talk to you about the cost or the price. And I want to say this. It's way too low. It's way too low. And you say, way too low. Don't you mean it's way too high? No. I mean, it's way too low. You say, well, what was the cost? Oh, yeah, strapping on the cross and walking to the execution. And you say, that's pretty high. That's everything, isn't it? I'm reminded of a song that I heard one time. Speaking of the gospel relationship with Jesus said this, it's a steal at any price. It's a steal at any price. I want to tell you that as Jesus called his disciples to follow after him, he called them to everything, to everything. And it was the greatest calling ever. It it, it was a, a steal. The price was way too low because of what it is to follow after Jesus, to know him to experience the forgiveness that's found in Him and Him alone, to have the covering and relationship where He will walk with you every step of the way. And then at the end, when we are have nothing and we give up our last breath to be with Him forever, forever, to steal at any price. And this is why um, it's great to be a father, but it's better to be a follower follower of Jesus. Please pray with me. God, we thank you for the riches that you've given us in your son. God, I pray for each one here this morning that they would not just know about the riches of Jesus, but they would know the riches of Jesus, that they would experience the intimacy of knowing him, that they would gain courage from having their sins forgiven. If there's someone here today, Lord, that doesn't know you, I pray that you would convict their hearts now and cause them to cry out to you in their need for salvation. God, we do lift up the fathers especially. Help us to see our relationship with you as most important and realize the worth of your son Jesus, that we might walk with him and that he might be our priority and our kids might know that. God, thank you for this morning. Uh, Do your work in us. Help us have an enjoyable day as we seek to serve you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Happy Father's Day. You are dismissed.